I just saw someone post like my uh, my overnight success in 10 years, you know, it it takes time. And you yes, you might have to compromise like a, a comfortable salary. And it's it's not a guaranteed salary every single month, you know, when you work for yourself. But I personally think it's worth it. And I think it's all about your mindset and how you show up and you're willing to learn and collaborate and the more you put yourself out there the more great things will come to you it's all about you welcome to the healthpreneur show with yuri elkheim if you are a health professional looking to build and scale your business online you've come to the right place each episode you'll learn the practical and proven tips of how to scale your health business online and hear incredible conversations from world-class thought leaders let's get started all right, guys, welcome back to the show. I'm excited. This is going to be a really interesting episode because um, I'm, I'm, well, I'm, in, I'm joined by two guests today who we thought we were going to do a little bit of a meeting greet first, but we're, we're like, you know what, let's just do the show and let's have fun. Um, Chris Luarn and Corinna V, I'm excited to have you guys on the show. We don't really know each other that well, so we're going to take the next 25 minutes to get to know you and really help our listeners and viewers uh, get a better sense of what you guys do, but also the journey that you've uh, gone through over the last couple of years growing your business. So welcome to the Health Partner Show. Thanks for having us, Yuri. Life's too short to do prep calls. Let's just, you know, just <laughs> totally. jump, jump into it. <laughs> exactly. You guys know your stuff. We're good. Um, so for myself, as well as everyone else watching and listening, give us, um, give us a little bit of a background, like, you know, what you guys do now and, you know, what is the backstory in a couple couple minutes of, of how all that came to be? Um, so... My, my career started as a paralegal. I went to school and uh, for something that I didn't actually really want to do, but I was kind of forced by my parents to choose something. Don't you love that? And while I was in school, I was I really got into um, going strength training at the gym and doing yoga on my own. And back then, it wasn't really as popular as it was now. So I was kind of self-motivated to do it. And as I was going to school and doing the yoga, I was teaching all my friends how to work out and how to get in shape. And they're like, you should do this for a living. And back then I was like, no way. There's no way I can make money off being a fitness or health professional. So I'm just going to stick to becoming a paralegal. And I did that. I graduated. I got a job at a law firm. I worked there for about two, three years and I was miserable. I did not like it at all. So I saved up money and I decided to do my yoga teacher training. And I left to Bali for a month, well, for two months, but the, the, the program was a month. And then I became a yoga teacher. And then slowly I started to get jobs in the yoga field. And then I got certified in personal training. And then I got, I ended up becoming a kickboxing instructor. That's a long story, but it all kind of came into now I'm a full-time wellness professional. I am a personal trainer. I am, um, I work at Barry's Canada and I am also a health coach. Nice. That's awesome. And Chris, how did you guys, so your, your backstory, and then how did you guys come together here? Yeah, I had a pretty roundabout one as well. Um, <laughs> I grew up here in Toronto, but we grew up kind of poor. So it's like subsidized housing and stuff. And I was working uh, weird jobs, like a lot of contracting, you know, construction, landscaping, stuff like that, as I put myself through school. And the, the one thing, it's kind of like what Karina said, like you do what you think you should. So I got good grades. I eventually got a bunch of bursaries and scholarships to go to U of T Law, and I became a lawyer. And then I got a job at one of those really big firms, like one of those top five firms out in New York. So I thought, well, this is the most money I can make quickly. <laughs> this is what I should do. And it's the same thing. I, I was just sitting at a desk and it had, it was, it was a nice job if, if you, if you liked it, but it just had like no meaning for me. So it, I was in there for about three years, uh, slowly becoming a, a securities litigation um, 
expert, I guess. Um, and then my, my best friend uh, from here in Toronto, uh, I found out was diagnosed with cancer. And I think life just took on a new meaning for me. And um, I ended up taking a boxing fight to, uh, to help raise money for cancer research. And um, not, not that that could help him directly in any way. I just felt like I needed to do something. And I got into it. So I, I really, I just immersed myself in that. I would, I would leave, I would <laughs> run with a, back, a backpack full in the office every day. I wouldn't get there till 10 because I had to do a long run. And I would like duck out, you know, in the evening to go train and spar. And, and uh, eventually I just, I got really into that competitive fighting, kind of like the discipline of it. And I realized I was spending more time in the gym than the law firm. <laughs> they used to joke, I would take those, those old red well folders that you yeah. carry files in and I would throw my gym clothes in at lunch and go lift weights <laughs> at the New York sports club. That's across awesome. the street. So I think it became pretty clear that I, 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 my heart was somewhere else. And um, eventually I dove into that. I, I left the firm. And that was pretty scary because I had to really figure out what I was going to do. And I, I bounced around a little bit. I went back to old sort of things like I used to work. Uh, I used to bounce at, club, at bars and stuff. So I took a job at a bar for cash. You know, I was there illegally at this point. So that wasn't good. Um, I just took some like landscaping and gardening jobs. I actually did like landscaping on, on Madonna's house and like all these weird. It was kind of cool. Just and this to, is this like, is like post-law. Post yeah, this was like That's awesome. transition phase. We just walked yeah. around and they said, I'm going to just take any opportunity that comes. Um, so it was cool. I got to see a lot of different worlds that way. And uh, uh, then eventually um, one of my buddies was in town from Toronto and uh, I had a motorcycle out there and we were just driving around the motorcycle. He's like, take me to all of the most fun parties. And on Sunday, there's this thing down at the, at the Hudson and, and we met uh, this dude at a bar and he's like, Oh, you're in a boxing. You should come work at Barry's. And I was like, I didn't know what Barry's was. And he's like, come check it out. And it just changed my life. I just, I fell in love with everybody I, I met there and, I felt like I had purpose. So I worked my way up and became a chief instructor there and then came over here to help found uh, the Toronto, the, 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 the Barry's Canada. And that's, that's, that's awesome. how we, and that's how we met yeah. at Barry's. Well, I auditioned <laughs> her for a job here. That's <laughs> awesome. That's so cool. So this is really cool. We've got two lawyer-ish people who left law. And quite honestly, I've never met anyone that I've known who went into law because they loved it and stayed there. <laughs> it was like, Parents, you know, kind of pushed them in that direction. So I think there's a really interesting like thread here is like there's this kind of, you know, this like doing what you think you should do because other people have told you you should do it. And then that kind of like inner calling of what you know you need to do. Talk to me a little bit about that. Like what was that, what did that journey, that struggle, that transition look like? And was that a lengthy internal process for you? It was, to me, it actually brought out when I felt like I didn't have purpose, I actually it brought a lot of anxiety and I started to develop anxiety issues and I didn't even know what it was coming from. But as soon as I started that transition and obviously doing yoga helps with the mindfulness and that practice, I realized that my anxiety was coming from just not feeling fulfilled in my life and not like seeing a future that I did not want in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of funny, actually. We had this conversation yesterday that came up, but it's, it's weird timing. But I felt like growing up there, at different times in life, you really feel like the entire, you look up at the sky. I always like kind of look up at the sky or top of buildings. That's where I kind of just finally think. And it just the world always seems like endless possibilities at different points in life. Like through law school, it was one of the most wonderful experiences I could have done. I, I, they, 
they gave me some bursary funding to go to human rights work. So I lived in like East Africa. I lived in the mountains in Romania and built houses. I, I got to do a year uh, living in France to, to do a master's in law there and like all these different places that I would never have seen. You know, I got to drive a motorcycle across France and, and, and you know, like, it's just like, and that's law school. Like it was a great experience. And when I, I found out I had my job in New York, even better. Cause then it's like, okay, so now you're, you're covered. Just do anything, do any travel, do anything you can. You're, you're going to make money soon. But then once you got into, and I love New York, I really, I, I really wanted to live there and it was the only way I could have ever transitioned there. So I'm grateful for it. But as time went on, I, I would look at the sky and just, just be like, it's no longer endless possibilities. It's, there's a closed ceiling now of where you're, you, you're kind of, there's a very linear path. If you, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. And if that's the, all the things that you know you definitely want, it's incredibly secure to know that, you know. Um, but transitioning into this field, it's kind of like fitness didn't used to be fitness. I was a personal trainer and I was like, you know, 18 and that was a different ball game than it is now. Now fitness is this really immersive thing in this wellness space and lifestyle space. And there's sort of like, there's a thousand different things you can do if you're interested in this and you're passionate about it and you're willing to work hard in it. The world again, seems very open. You know? yeah, totally. That, that's how I felt it. That's great. That's amazing. And did you guys ever find these moments of doubt or this kind of like imposter syndrome as relieving one kind of like shedding one layer of skin to become this new version of yourselves. Like talk to me a little bit about that. Totally. You know, it's funny because there are some days where I, I now and I have a full-time career and there's, I still get it. I, it's something that I still have to work on mentally. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, you, it's so easy to compare yourself on Instagram to certain types of people, you know, they might have more followers or they might look more, I don't know. They have more abs than me. You know, that's something stupid, right? So then you feel that you have this imposter syndrome and definitely for sure. But I always kind of had this mentality when I started out, it was kind of like fake it till you make it. And I think that's what got me where it got me where I am today. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. I had, uh, I had more of like a fake it till you drop out of law. <laughs> I think I felt more fake in that world probably. But um, I think it's important in any field, like you have to, even though we're in this new cool thing where everybody can be an individual, I still have an old school mentality of like my, how, what my grandfather did. They went to work at the factory, then they, you know, work their way up and you work your way up. And then eventually, so you still have to like in any career, you have to pick role models. You have to look up to somebody that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you would be happy to emulate. Like I had an, an amazing mentor at Barry's, um, an instructor here in New York, in New York uh, named Mike Espinoza. <laughs> And this guy was just a superstar. He was just like, I, I was in, I felt like I was like, I, I, like a, in a Baptist church on a Sunday when this guy taught, I was just in awe. Like my, I was, you know, jumping at like spirit, getting spiritual, like my soul's coming out of me. And then eventually you work your way up and, and I was maybe cool enough to start to become his buddy. You know? And now he's one of my best friends. We we're just on a zoom call where he roasted me for my birthday. And like, you realize at a certain point, it's what Karina said, like all of a sudden people are like, you have the same job title that he has now. You guys are uh, chief instructors and there's only a few in the company globally. And you, you sit there and you're like, what do you mean? Like, that's like, that's the guy that I'm learning from every day. How, how are you going to say I have his job? To-? And it's just, you realize if you, you're not just going to have what you want. It's just, it's going to be like a slow immersive process. where you just work really hard every day. It, like a putting a frog in water. They don't know that they're dead until like, they don't know it's hot until they're boiling. You know? yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like, and I think to me, it was like this, like, it was like the most proud moment I could have had where I was like, I didn't know that I was valuable as company in that way. 
uh, because I, I never thought that I could be, you know, until, and all I did was keep my head down. And that didn't make me want to quit. That just made me want to work hard, you know, yeah. like hundred percent. And like to have the courage to, cause there's a lot of people in your shoes. Like actually one of my, one of my good friends, um, led a similar path, went through U of T, did BCom, got into his MBA, got into the whole, like, you know, um, accounting, consulting world, but he loved fitness more than anything else in the world. And he was like the fittest guy. And we're all like, dude, like, you got to do this thing. He's like, oh man, I, I wish I could. And talk to me about like, you know, there's that story, right? That could have been, that could have been your reality. Like I, I'm going to continue down this path and I wish I could have done this thing. But how did you muster the courage to leave a comfortable job in a city you loved to like doing the thing that like you knew inside was the thing you needed to do? You know what? I, I just want to go first on this go one ahead. because I, I feel like I've answered this question so many times. I have so many friends, especially people that I haven't seen since law school. Now that I'm back in Toronto, they, they'll come take class here and stuff. I very rarely hear I'm really happy with so, some of them are. And, yeah. and that's the, I'm like, if you can be happy in law, you probably have the best life in the world. Like, and then there I have a lot of like, I, I'm not happy right now with what I'm doing. And I love fitness. and I love fitness. And I know you made this transition. I read this article and I, I want to know what do you think? And I would say the same thing. I'm like, the article makes it sound like every step of the way was the best thing in the world. You're just jumping up rocks and getting higher to the top of the mountain. The truth is I had so many crippling, like, like paralyzing, like so much paralyzing fear along the way to be like, I used to have a salary and now I'm like, I don't know what I'm like, how I'm going to eat tomorrow. And and I was taking care of some, uh, some members of my family at the time. And I'm like, this is the most irresponsible thing in the world. I'm living in a country. I'm not even really legal in like, this is nuts. <laughs> um, the, the answer is that I give them always. I'm like, what is it you don't like about it? Is it just the hours? Because I tell you, I work more I, along the way. I've worked more hours in this job than I ever did at the law firm. And you can go under the radar at a law firm. You don't have to work, you know, 12 hours a day, but here it's like, there's no one else that's, you, you can't just get covered by somebody else. Like if you don't show up if you're, this is, you're kind of an entrepreneur when you're doing this. Mm-hmm. If you don't show up, that is your product is not there. You are your product, you know? So I would always say to people, if it's just how many hours you work, don't think of fitness professionals. We just do two classes a day. So that's two hours. It is not. (laughs) It's a lot more than that. Um, But if it's, if it's meaning that you're looking for, then absolutely follow your heart that way. Just, just be ready to put even more hours in once you find it. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Karina, did you want to add anything to that for you? you, No, I, I think, I think that was, I think that was perfectly said. I just saw someone post like my, uh, my overnight success in 10 years, you know, it, it takes time and you, yes, you might have to compromise like a, a comfortable salary and it's, it's not a guaranteed salary every single month, you know, when you work for yourself, but I personally think it's worth it. And I think it's all about your mindset and how you show up and if you're willing to learn and collaborate and the more you put yourself out there, the more great things will come to you. It's all about you. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I can see it on your faces. Like I can see, I can tell energetically you guys love what you do, which is amazing, right? Because you I have do. to be... So I just wanted to add this part because I know you, your show is very, is very business focused as well. If you took it to the next level and you looked at our owners uh, here at Barry's Canada, if, if you want to, if people are more thinking about like, what if I want to open my own gym? They are literally the two hardest working people I know. Our CEO, Lori, when we opened this space, we we're all build, we we're all building it out. It was crazy late hours we would still go home at like, you know, at least before 2 a.m. and come back in the morning. 
she would often be responding to text still at 6 a.m. from here. Like it was, she was just here 24 hours. I don't know how she did it. Like she has kids and she just didn't sleep. Like it was insane. Like yeah. it is definitely not just like an easy little fun, like hopping down the street, drinking a cappuccino every day. Industry. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I mean, like, I, I think that's, if people knew how hard the journey of entrepreneurship was, I think a lot of people probably wouldn't start. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's no wonder that statistically, like most small businesses don't last beyond a couple of years because it's, it's really hard. And like, you have to have that passion and that, that sense of fulfillment and joy that again, like, even though it's hard and long hours, it's like, you're doing this for a bigger purpose. And I think that's uh, you guys are a great example of that. This year has obviously been interesting. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Toronto, I mean, you guys are living this sadly, we're back in another like full on lockdown. Talk to us about, because you have a brick and mortar space and it's probably been impacted by all this stuff. What have you guys, how have you guys been able to survive this? How have you guys been able to adapt, pivot? What have you learned from this whole experience? We were just, it's funny that we were just talking about the fact that, you know, COVID is as bad as it is, it has been a time for us to kind of slow down and (laughs) not run around as much as we always do and not give as much energy as we always do. But Luckily at Barry's, we are, because we're full-time employees, we are um, on salary. So, yeah. Essentially, yeah, we, we really owe that to our owners. I think that yeah. they, really, they really stepped up to take care of us. Now, we're very blessed that we, this is a, a multinational brand. It's, it's, it's a big enough brand that um, it can weather a storm like this mm-hmm. as long as you have the right uh, leadership, as long as you have the right person at the helm. Um, we do know a lot of people that uh, in the fitness space here in the city that, that tragically couldn't. And it's, it's really sad to see this the community sort of pare down. Um, so we just sort of, I always answer that question to say like, we are, are very, very lucky um, to be where we are and excited to get, to get back to life. And for a lot of people getting back to life is going to have to be an entire rebuilding um, for us. We also have great management, I think, in terms of um, they were able to adapt and they were able to adapt quickly. We started making decisions, even though it's a big, big company, I think we started making decisions more like a startup yeah. where it's like, let's bring in some tech, let's get some really good digital classes online. You know, it's and so, yeah, talk to me about that because um, like I, I was, I, I've been, I had been going to F45 for a little bit last year. And I like, I understand, you know, what goes into that type of franchise and that's you know, to sit there not doing anything is, is a big liability for them. So I kind of saw how F45 made a couple of adjustments to COVID. What are some of the things that Barry's Bootcamp was able to do to, to be relevant, to keep their members to, to continue growing or at least stabilizing during this, uh, during this year? I mean, I, I think that's twofold. I would say, number one, obviously the big one is switching to digital, but investing in that switch, not just saying like, ah, okay, we'll just kind of like throw a cell phone on, <laughs> train you with a, with a selfie stick, like um, putting some time and thought and effort into that to, to deliver what we used to deliver was such a high end product mm-hmm. and then trying to recreate that and, and, and trying to make that product even better every day. It's not just like we started and that's fine. It's we're listening to clients now more than ever for feedback. I always say at the end of every class, I'm like, listen, any feedback you have, chat me here, DM me on Instagram, whatever it is. But I'm like, and I don't need the great job stuff where I had fun. Give me the negative stuff. Give me what you didn't like about yeah. this that we can get better at, that 
I can get better at from programming for you in your living room that we can get better at um, to offer you the right environment that's immersive. Like Barry's is an incredibly immersive experience when you come to class. It's mm-hmm. literally you're in the red lights, you feel the bass pumping through your. And I also think yeah. it's, I think that what people come to Barry's because we make them feel like they're really a part of the community. Like we make sure we call people's names out. We notice their milestones. We notice that they're progressing, if they did better on a sprint. So I, our digital platform, we can actually see everybody that's working out. So they feel like they're still a part of this community and they, yeah. we can still be like, Hey, good job, Sarah. Like you're killing it. And our, our managers and support staff have been amazing in that effort too, because before we go into a class, we will study it together and look at, okay, who's, who's, who's celebrating a milestone today? This is something we had someone's 500 class the other day and it had to be on digital. So to me, <laughs> you've, you've, you've put up so much time and effort into yourself doing 500 classes. So we celebrated that like crazy. Like everything that I did was in, you know, divisions of 500 and 10 burpees, 50 times and all that. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing where it's like, we want to be able to be like, we're actually still together. I know we're apart, but we're still kind of together in this. You know? yeah. And uh, sorry, just to answer the, the second part, I think what we did is we got really serious about safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, um, I, I know a lot of the, uh, the franchise owners of F45s, they, they, were, they had the same struggle. It's like, you really have to say, Safety comes first. Profits are, are now behind that, you know, yeah. and it's like, and that's what I think we did really well. We, we, we tried to sort of, we went, we didn't just say like, if this is what the threshold of the province wants at any time, we're going to give them more. We're going to give them six feet and we're going to give them, tests. we're going to give them tests and massive. We're gonna, you know, I think that was the biggest thing too. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it gives people um, a sense of reassurance that they can still go and sweat and have a good time and, yeah. You know, they're in a safe environment, so that's great. Also, um, during, um, during the lockdown, like initial lockdown, Chris and I went, we're doing uh, lives every single day, which really helped to um, boost the community and really grow our following personally. And we were um, donating money to the Daily Bank for the food shelters. Yeah, to the Daily Bread Food Bank and to um, the National Food Bank of, of Canada. It was kind of funny because for the first couple of days, no one knew what to do. Like the first day you wake up. We're on lockdown and Karina just gets, Karina wakes up, turns around. And she's like, let's do a live. And I was like, what's a live? I literally didn't even know what that was. <laughs> and we started doing it every day. And by, and by the end of the day, we were like, oh my God, this is really smart because we see a lot of the fitness professionals. We really respect. We're doing them throughout the day. And I was like, this is how we're going to stay together for sure. There's, you, you can do this. We can, yeah. we can do this guys. <laughs> it's, it's really amazing. Like, I mean, I'm sure you guys have obviously seen this, but like how, like in one year, I think people like our, our cultures have fundamentally shifted and like in a sense of like how we see what's important, like the sense of connection, even though we're disconnected. I mean, as you said, Katrina, I think it's like, it's been a, you know, sad year for many people, but at the same time, I think it's also been a very, very positive inflection point for humanity mm-hmm. and, you know, really making the most out of, you know, any given situation and prioritizing what, what matters most in life. So thank you guys for reminding us of that and for the amazing work you guys have done and continue to do. Um, just before we wrap up here, what's the best place for people to follow you online or maybe even check out, uh, well, once the lockdown's over, if they're in Toronto, to come by and get a workout with you guys? Well, they can definitely check out our online classes. So Barry's Canada at home at berries.com. They just go to the Canada section. Um, mm-hmm. my, my Instagram is Karina B. So Karina with a K and then Three E's at the end. So B. Someone <laughs> stole the double E. Oh. <laughs> we'll be sure to link up to that in the show notes for you guys. 
if, then, uh, if you want to get in touch with me, you can ICQ me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm wondering. Snail mail. <laughs> Carrier pigeon. Yes. Uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm uh, at the, I know it's douchey to be at the, but it's the underscore cuddly Canadian because that was my boxing name back in New York. Nice. They used to joke that I would uh, apologize every time I hit my opponent a little too hard without knowing it, just under my breath. But sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. The Cuddly Canadian. That's good. Uh, we'll be sure to link up to that in the show notes for you guys watching and listening. Uh, Chris and Katrina, thank you guys so much for kind of just doing this um, impromptu. I know it was a little bit um, rushed in, but I think we, we had if a really good session. If taught us anything, life's short. You got to just, you got to adapt. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I appreciate you guys for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Yuri. Thanks, Yuri. Thank you so much for listening to the Healthpreneur Show. Are you ready to take the next step in growing your health business? We'd love to send you a free training that has helped our clients grow to seven and eight figures in their business. Sound good? Text the word training to 647-424-5280. Again, for the free training, text the word training to 647-424-5280. If you enjoyed this show, we would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform. That's the best way for platforms to know that they should get this show in front of more people just like you. And if you're looking for more incredible content to help you grow your business, check out the show notes of this episode, where we'll have links to our highest rated episodes of the Healthpreneur Show. We'll see you next time.